listening to Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken on the Tangent Bound Network. Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken. I'm Kylan. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch 1 in an empty room. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Geeksters. Geek Watch 1, issue 75. And once again, we're live from Odd Mall. Two more to go. <laughs> <laughs> what, until you can get Cam some drinks? Nope. <laughs> technically, yes. So technically, yes. <laughs> so has anybody actually emailed us about to wonder what that is, if they were confused? No. No. No, no one at all. And actually, I have a surprise for you, too. What surprise you got? I, you, you have to wait until 77. Two more episodes. Oh, no. You have to wait until 77. Uh, it, see, see that, no, no, no. See, no one's emailed us because our listeners are so good and so up to date. They know what it is. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. heard everything <laughs> from the beginning, so they know. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, we're here at Odd Mall. We're actually on the stage like we did back in May. Um, we warned you guys we were coming to Toledo. Now we're waiting to... And um, we've seen all kinds of people here. Toledo's been fantastic so far. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... So you guys know that we're recording on Sunday like we always do, but this is the morning, so we've not even seen the second day of Oddmall yet. That's right. But yet. What was your guys' impression so far um, of what happened at Oddmall here? Vicky, why don't we start with you? What was your impression of what we've seen so far at Oddmall? Um, a lot of people were very overwhelmed. A lot of them were just talking about how they've never seen something like this up here. I mean, us from being Akron, we're, we're used to this kind of you know art and people, and the people coming in as, vendor, or as guests, they were very overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think, well, first of all, downtown Toledo is kind of like dead space on the weekend, apparently. There's nothing that, going on around that, here. That's just Ohio in general. Well, Cleveland's different. But um, Akron is the same thing. No, it isn't because well, Toledo, what, basically areas. everything is closed down here on the weekend. There's no foot traffic. At least in Akron, when we're at the Knight Center, we have the library across the street. There's yeah. a few other things. There's a bit of foot traffic. Okay. Um, but, it, you know, it's just the... The feel of the place is a little different, but there was still a substantial crowd yesterday. Yeah, and and it was a lot of a lot of people both coming in and the vendors were overwhelmed and didn't know kind of what to make of it at first, but they loved it. It's like they're they're in a geek drought or something, and they needed this kind of stuff. You know, I, I have to admit, I love that. It's it's almost like a, it's, it's almost like geek. It's like an odd mall. It's like this traveling revival. <laughs> and, you're like, and then you're like, you know, you're like, we, we go to we go to communities and then you don't realize that there's a geek drought going on. But then all of a sudden they're like, oh, Hosanna, hallelujah. The, the, the <laughs> really? geek savers are here. I'm serious. Think about we it. We bring people together. Think, I mean, we had, I mean, this is the first time we were in this, we were at this location 
First time we're in Toledo, and there was a huge cosplay presence there. Oh, yeah. 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 Huge cosplay presence. Um, people, and you could tell that at first, you know, people might have been kind of dipping their foot in the water. And then all of a sudden, they were just like, <gasps> and I think by by end of the day, there was like this rush of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's, and, um, and we're getting great media coverage. Yeah, before Odd oh, yeah. Mall, Andy was in the local paper. Mm-hmm. He was on a morning news show. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, the yeah, news when we was were here. Yeah, up Friday, and I actually ended up starting to unload the trailer by myself. I was the only one here because Andy had to go be on TV. Right, exactly. And and there were people who came in who who told Andy specifically that they saw him on television or in the paper. Yes. Well, that and before you guys got here this morning, there was already another another camera crew. Right. Uh, well, actually, around. yeah, we saw Andy walking around with them, and yeah. and there was one yesterday who in, they they interviewed Greg, and that was already on the. Um, I noticed it on the TV station website last night. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which um, channel was that? Was that channel eleven? Eleven. Yeah. Cool, because that that means because I believe there's only two stations in Toledo, um, but they have eleven and thirteen. Eleven was here yesterday. Did Greg 13. this morning on their morning Sunday morning news show was the one that's here with nice. a- Andy with channel thirteen. Yeah, nice. they're walking around doing different different yeah. angles and different spots. So I, I mean, we're not from Toledo, obviously. Right. <laughs> we're not from this area, but I don't know if we're like the only people doing something like this in this region. I don't know. Well, I'll be honest with you. I I don't think that there is anything that is like Odd Mall. Anywhere, like you, okay, you have craft shows and that sort of thing, but this is so different because it's okay, it, it has the crafty aspect, but it this just full on embraces the the unique art that has a hard is has a hard time finding a place because a lot of times that kind of art doesn't do well. At your well, it's like we always show. have a hard time explaining to people what it is. They're yeah. like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, we're going to Odd Mall. What is that? Well, well, we've, um, <laughs> we've spent plenty of time in the Akron area that people already know what it is yes. as soon as we say it. it Trying to weird describe it to someone who don't. doesn't know, and you're just like, well, it's kind of a con and a cosplay thing and a geeky arts and crafts thing, and, and, and. Like, there's no one It's basically, phrase. you could describe it as a, um, a con with a crafting problem. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And a lot and, of, I say, a lot of people that have never been here before. They're addicted. Like our friend, yeah, was her first time over the summer, and she just loves it. Mm-hmm. Even people who don't consider themselves geeks come here and love it. And find yeah. something they like. I mean, what? and it's not everything is not specifically geek. Like it's not all comic book stuff, and it's not all mm-hmm. sci-fi stuff. It's just, it's just that aesthetic overall. And like, there's a there's a lot of really cool new vendors here who have you know jewelry and um, plushies and ceramics and stuff, but and it the, has the a geek bent palms. to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like there's yeah. things that have certain, like like the bath bombs and the soaps have like geeky names or something, right? right. Mm-hmm. Or there's ceramics that have maybe some sci-fi elements to it. Like there's there's one that has some really cool dishes with octopus and squid on them and stuff right. like yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. and then there's like weird anatomical things and skeletons and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. And, yeah, know, they so did actually. <clears throat> the vendors did bring out the. This is officially Halloweenerous. That's the right. Mall show, and there is a big. Halloween presents here also. Yes. Right. And we had we had a costume contest yesterday. We had how many, some trick-or-treating. Did we get the um, count on how many people were actually in the contest? I did not get a count for that. I know that... When I came out to look to see... I was going to come out and come into this room to actually take a picture of like people in the contest and stuff. The lineup was out the door of people dressed up. 
So I couldn't even actually get in the room. So it had to have been at least 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. And um, Anna and was um, a local, relatively local, over in Fremont, a haunted house here. Yeah. Um, and they're fully made up, and they've been scaring people all day yesterday, which is <laughs> yeah. fun because our, our booths are right near them. So we keep watching as, as they catch people off guard and scare them. And it's, it's, the fun, it's the fun, good-natured just um, jump scares. Yes. Where you're walking, and you just turn around, and a guy's standing behind you. Stuff yeah. like that. With, with, a, bear, with a bloody face or a bullet hole in the head, but yeah, sure. Yeah. But or like the, kid, the guy's sliding in front of you. But the nice thing kids. is they, they dressed up as they would at the show and all this exactly. stuff, but it's not so grotesque that they're grossing people out. Right. No. And they were offering, you know, they had coupons for people mm-hmm. and stuff like that for the haunted houses that time of year. So. And actually, since we're talking about that, that's actually what, Haunted Hydra? Or something hydro. Like that. Haunted hydro. hydro. The Haunted Hydro out in, in Fremont, Fremont so. Ohio. Yeah. Um, anybody gets a chance, it's probably still going to be open for a couple weeks if oh, you're yeah, in this absolutely. region. So, um, but what's interesting is um, you're talking about how we're not sure what geeky stuff around here. I mean, I know in the region there's geeky stuff. Yes. Because Sandusky is, what, 45 minutes away. They, they have, you can't forget Colossal Con. Everybody right. in the world knows Colossal Con. Right. Um, I know Bowling Green has a couple of um, Comic Cons and such that actually on campus. Mm-hmm. Like Detroit Falcon has... goes there. Detroit has Motor City. Right. Yep. Um, I know there's like a um, board game trade show or something that Andy goes to in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which yep. is only like an hour the other direction. Right. So around Toledo, there's plenty of geek. A lot going on. So I just don't know what was going on here. <laughs> other than us. <laughs> We're here again, now. again, that may be why Andy chose this location. Exactly. <laughs> and the nice thing is we are... Um, for like I said, for first year show, we're getting the decent turnout. We're not getting what we get at the night center, but we've built that. Right. This is a good place. To, we've got a good base to build on. Well, that's that's just it. Being a first time here, we understand what the turnout mm-hmm. will likely be, and if it's more than that, then everyone's happy. And exactly from what Andy Andy said yesterday, that he was talking to vendors and talking to people, and vendors were happy. They knew that it was a first year con, and mm-hmm. and you know things might be a little less than usual, but they were still happy with it. I have a feeling we come back here again next year for Hollow Wondrous, and this place is going to be packed out. Yes. Well, we are already had we had this one guy come by yesterday. That was looking to uh, perform. He was asking about performers. He's already asking, are you guys coming back next? We actually had. And we took his name and number. He's a singer. And we took his name and number for next year. Well, you know, we had the people at the panel yesterday asking if we were going to be back next year. Mm -hmm. And Andy says we are. Yeah, everybody everybody we've talked to said they want to do this again. Yes. So, um, and So, you know, get your planning started now. You've been warned. We'll be here next year. And we want to see you here. So, um,. But actually, we had some interesting that happened Friday night. I don't know if you saw Vicky's Facebook. So, so we didn't tell you guys this story. Uh-oh. You may have heard it elsewhere. Uh-oh. But um, the University of Toledo has got to be only a couple blocks away because yes, they're basically you get the strip of restaurants and stuff that are all um, uh, across the street from the Seagate Center where we're at is actually the um, Toledo Mudheads baseball stadium. Yeah. They're a AAA baseball team. Um, but right beside, right around that, there's a bunch of bars like a lot of people do around stadiums, right. bars and restaurants and such. And um, last night we had some. Phenomenal Chicago style deep dish pizza, <laughs> awesome stuff. We actually still have it at the booth because <laughs> you can, it's one of those you get one piece and you're done. Yep. Yes. Well, um, across the street from that was a place called Blarney's Irish Pub. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. We go in, we um, sit down, and um, we had it was Jesse and Bart and Vicky and I sat down. The, the server was right on it. I mean, and for a Friday night at a college town, a live bar, that's pretty good. A live band. There was a live band playing. That's playing um, top forties. Top 40 rock and roll from the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. So it's all your Prince and Brian Adams and um, all, all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, they finished their set. The Indians game is on the um, TV. Well, they hey, it was game one. So while <clears throat> the band's taking a break, we're sitting there talking and watching the Indians game and loving the, what's going on. And then a marching band shows up. 
Okay. The University of Toledo Marching Band, it's homecoming weekend. We didn't know this. Oh. So they were out marching the streets and going into all the bar. Oh. They go into the bar, surround the bar with a marching band and the cheerleaders, and play a like, four, three or four song set in oh the bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> Including the tubas and the drums. And the entire oh band is in the, wow. <laughs> playing the set going nuts. You can't even see, hear yourself thinking. It's so packed now because they, the University of Toledo is not huge. Yeah. No. But, so the band is not like a... Universe or like Ohio State band where right. it's like 300 people. Right. right. It was probably what 50 people in the band, which, which is not bad, but still, you're in, a, you're in an Irish pub, and it's really more of a pub because it had basically the bar wrapped around yeah. bar and like a set of tables around that. And they're taking all the rest of the space. <laughs> it was, and they had the uh, mascot. I guess they're they're the Toledo Rockets. So they oh, had right, a spaceman, yeah. spaceman um, nice. that came with them, and it was. It was one of those. It sounds like the start of or the end of a joke. Yeah, yeah. And then a marching band showed up. (laughs) We we were laughing so hard. I had to videotape this. I put up the picture of my stew that I had gotten, and then a marching band. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and then when they were done. The band gets ready to get back up on stage and just continue on. Like, this is a normal yeah. thing. Well, the thing is, is we should have known because we had heard, when we were walking up to the bar, we heard down further because you could hear them just going right. at it. Right, yeah. And we're like, What's, you know. I well, yeah, but you just... don't think they're traveling. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's we just, didn't. sometimes we like that. They have actually marching bands that march, march through the streets on, like, a Friday night. That's true. That's just, not, like, New Orleans, you'd be yeah. upset if you didn't see this. Yeah. Right? That's true. But that's a tourist kind of thing. You I know. don't necessarily well, think about is, the college is doing for it. For Toledo, this would be the tourist section. <laughs> It's it's still, it's just, Apparently huh? it's a Toledo thing. <laughs> it, it was something else. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was probably I I said it at the end that it's probably mo- one of the most fun I've ever had going to a restaurant on a Friday night. Although because it's just out of random, out of nowhere thing. Right. Well, I was mostly impressed. Most of the cheerleaders were guys. Well, yeah, for college they usually do half and half because they do yeah. all the throwing it was and all, all that guys. stuff. Yeah. There's yeah. a handful of girls, but most of them were the guys. Well, hey, they were getting ready for homecoming. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's probably what it was. And we had asked the server, and she said, "I asked her, is this a normal Friday night thing?" <laughs> she, like, no, she said, "No, it's probably because of homecoming." <laughs> the, she's, she had never seen this happen either. Well, I mean, you know what? They'd been in there already. Andy, but. Andy should check next year if it's the same schedule in terms uh-huh. of their homecoming and see if he can arrange the band to come here. Well, come on Saturday or on Sunday. Yeah, Saturday, on Sunday, they're busy. Yes, yeah. Or come Friday, on Sunday well, yeah. or something. That's what Andy was that saying, though. So. I mean, there's a whole lobby out there that exactly. they, could, they could set up in. And, yeah. You know? See, that makes me want to see about getting, getting a mariachi band. Now you want to. Because, well, you know, me and Andy talked about trying to get a mariachi band. A mariachi band? For, well, a marching band is close. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, yeah, we always, we'll make a costume and dress your guys' dogs up as the mariachi. That's true. We could, we, yeah, we could have our dogs as the mariachi band. You guys do have to bring so, your, and so, bring we'll, your we'll, dogs we'll to one of the eyeballs. Oh, my they God. Maybe the outdoor dogs. We'll get Zoe a really awesome, dog, like, Our dogs are so, <laughs> they, they, they are not well-behaved enough <laughs> Well, no, well, we could do the outdoor one. If, I mean, this year we brought our family to the outdoor thing, so That's we couldn't true. bring the dogs. But yeah. we could at least bring, you know, Zoe or something. She'd go. Well, I mean, actually, okay, out in public, all of a sudden, like, they're they're really quiet. And it's almost like they don't want to do anything. But the minute they get home, it's like. <laughs> I, 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 our house is never quiet. <laughs> it's, I'm serious. Like, we, we take them out, all of a sudden they're like. They're shy and they everyone own. thinks they're so well behaved. It's, oh, they're so well, it's like having children in public. They're very well behaved in public, but then you get them home. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. running all over. That's how they were. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. Especially <laughs> during podcasting. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's reason why I like to wait for. But usually when I'm recording, they're asleep. So. Ah, okay. Yep. So, um, 
What other Odd Mall stuff? Was there anything you guys saw that you were not, weren't expecting to see at Odd Mall that we normally would? Oh, wait. Andy does have a new addition to the Odd Mall family. Oh, we yeah. got to get a picture of the new addition to the, of one of the. He has a 15 foot tall Stay Puft marshmallow. Actually, man. I have a picture of it already. Okay, so is good. it up on the page? <laughs> I am putting it up on the page. That, this the is photos. the coolest Halloween blow up I think I've ever seen myself. But it, it's th- between 13 and 15 it's, it's foot tall. It is ginormous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I told Andy we need to now. Now Andy needs to order a 27XL oddball T-shirt to go on <laughs> Stay Puft, <laughs> or have him hold That's a right. banner. There you go. That's right. Yeah, we just need a big banner. Put yeah. a banner on them. You can make them a big. Make a, the banner could be made a sa- into a sash. You could have a sash. Ooh. That would work. There you go. See? That's yeah. easy enough. So, okay, was it, <laughs> just about to ask, was there anything that you didn't expect to see that you've seen so far at Oddmall? I mean, we're yeah. used to Oddmall. I, I mean, I was going to say, that's just it. I mean, we're used to the stuff. We're used to seeing the new stuff. And we have had a lot, of, a lot of the vendors are new for this because yes. we have a lot of Toledo, vend- a lot of local. Toledo area local mm. vendors that are Which here. Which is good to see because, I mean, like a lot of them that we get down in the Akron area obviously are in Akron. They don't necessarily want to drive a couple hours, but a lot of them did. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's a significant number that did. Um, but there's definitely probably a third to half of them are new and they're all this area or mm-hmm. you know maybe west of here or whatever but they're they're definitely new and different and which i think is great to see i mean it's great that they took part in it yeah, yeah. wasn't there well, some from michigan yeah i think we have well we've had them come down from michigan indiana probably illinois even yeah yeah so so they're spread around it's great it's fantastic so um that's most of oddball we'll probably get into more but um you actually had a couple topics of stuff that's come up this week that we're going to talk about I did. I did. Um, I'll leave one of them until the end because I know we'll talk yeah, about Yeah, we have a couple lot. guests that might be stepping in on this, so <laughs> um, hopefully we'll get it here, um, the guests the, to come in. One, one bit of news uh, for the DC movie universe is that Justice League has wrapped filming. Yes. Um, and if you happen to follow certain actors such as Jason Momoa on Instagram, you'll see all the drunken pictures from their party. Um, <laughs> he looks like a party guy anyway. He, is. he loves posting pictures on Instagram of like getting drunk, and he drinks Guinness a lot, okay? Um, and he, he and his, his wife, uh, Lisa Bonet, in case you didn't know, that's who he's okay. going to, um, they actually went and toured Guinness not long ago. So. Nice. Uh, and Guinness supplied them with like a fridge full of drinks. Recently, so yeah, <laughs> so he likes his stuff. Um, but yeah, so they they wrapped filming. So obviously, we've got a while to go with the special effects and all that. Yeah. They also released a look at um, at Mrs. Aquaman, Mira. Okay, <laughs> who's playing Mira? Um, Amber, so, Amber something. Yeah. <laughs> well, while you're doing, while you're she's looking, you're looking right look up. Yeah, she's one of the it girls. Um, but the, the the interesting thing is, they released a look at her, and her costume is awesome, but. It was a Zack Snyder photo that was released, which means it's darker. Yeah. But there have been some wonderful geeks out there who lightened the image, so you can actually see the details on the costume, and that's the better image to go look at. <laughs> it, is, it is a rather vibrant green, as is expected, yeah. right. but it has a lot of awesome like scaling details on it and stuff like so that. So are they going... Cl- I didn't, I've not seen the picture yet. Are they going closer to the actual comic book version of her costume? Yeah, because she's got the, like, the crown thing it's going on and everything, okay. too. Yeah. Okay, then yeah. it's like a... Because it, in the comics, if I remember right, it's... Um, like green tights almost, but that's just because it's scaled yeah. and you're underwater. Yeah. With like, I think it's the gold belt and then the green shirt with the it's all sleeve, yeah, it's all almost. the green and all the, the that's awesome. crown and everything. So it looks oh, Amber cool. Heard. Heard, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's that was one bit of news. Actually, um, I, looking at her picture here, I could see I could see Mara there. Yeah, she does have red hair. Wait, wait, wait. As what's Willem Devoe playing? I didn't. I've, I've not been <laughs> watching. 
I've been watching what's coming now and not looking as much ahead. Yeah, yeah. You, it's not like you uh, talk about DC on a weekly basis or anything. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I can figure out one but of But anyway, that now that Ken is finally looking at who the cast is for Justice League. That's right. No, no I'm actually looking, looking at uh, Aquaman. I'm looking at the Aquaman oh, cast. Oh, for the Aquaman cast. Okay. Um, one of the other little bits that I had to mention because so many of us grew up with this, uh, HBO is going to re-air Fraggle Rock. Starting nice. near the end of this year. Now, is it going to still still be on? Um, I think it's on Hulu right now. Um, I don't know about the Hulu issue. I know it, they said it's airing on HBO um, along with the, the Jim Henson Company. They have remastered all ninety six episodes. Nice. Which I didn't realize there were ninety six yeah. episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's well. You got to think. Um, Fraggle Rock was a five. Or, um, you got to think kids shows back in the eighties when they were running them five days a week. Yeah, they ran them. The, G.I. Joe, the first season, was like 50 episodes. Right. So that could have only been two seasons really, of just a couple, Yeah, but you don't think about it, like, especially when yeah. you've watched it as a kid, you don't mm-hmm. think about how many there are. Yeah. Um, but in case people didn't know, it actually did originally start on HBO. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it went to the, to the other channels later, but um, that's why it's HBO that's doing it. And you know, we know that HBO now has Sesame Street, too, so it kind of makes sense that... They're coming out with, but but yeah. so far it's all the original episodes. They haven't said anything about trying to do anything yeah. new or anything like that. But well, I know um, Hulu a couple of years ago jumped on the Fraggle Rock huge because they actually had put out all the original ones. The Fraggle Rock cartoon that actually was, there was a Saturday morning cartoon yep. for mm-hmm. at least one season. Yep. Right. But they actually made a, a preschool show, a new preschool show based on it called The Doozers. Yes, it was all about the little Doozers and there's things. yes. And remember, they made all their little constructions out of radish based. Construction pro- uh, product made out of sugar. No, no, no. It's radish based, and Fraggles love radishes, and they would eat their stuff. Yes. That's why the <laughs> doozers were always working because it was like a make work project. The Fraggles would eat it; they would work. Exactly. So. Well, the nice thing, the cool thing is, if you go, have you gone back and look, just watched short parts of Fraggle Rock recently at all? The oh, doozers only the did. Theme song. Well, no. <laughs> the, if you look at any of the stuff, the doozers from back then, the way they did the puppetry was amazing on those. Oh yeah, because they were just little like they two were inch little. Tall, oh little yeah, things, and they were actually doing all of this stuff. Absolutely. The well, then everybody knows the Jim Henson Company is amazing with puppetry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're they're the best you can get here in America, at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't know around the world what other people are doing, but for here, they're the they're the top of the line. Absolutely. And seeing them at the top of their game in the '80s when they just got off of. Uh, Muppets going into Fraggle Rock. And mm-hmm. It was craziness. So there, so there you go. But we'll we'll make sure to post it on the page when we have a date. But you know, then you can dance your cares away. Okay. Uh, I got I got some late breaking news. What? Uh oh. Marvel just made a, a huge announcement regarding Blade Four. Blade Four. Blade Four. Okay. Is it going to be actually in the Marvel Cinematic? Yes, it's, it's going to be Marvel Cinematic because uh, Kevin Feige. Uh, said, this is a quote, we will do something with Blade at some point. That's still the answer. We think he's a great character, a really fun character. And this came this came up after Kate Beckinsale had said that she always wanted like some type of crossover between Blade and Underworld. Yeah. Yeah. And so it seemed like a good spot to put Blade, right. really. And so this is actually it says here with so many Marvel films on the docket for the next few years. It's hard to see how the studio will fit into the lineup, but it's clear Marvel wants to bring this property back as soon as possible. Well, the cool thing is, if they actually bring it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, does that bring Blade 1, 2, and 3 actually into the Cinematic Universe of Marvel automatically? If they're going to call this Blade 4, 
That means it's right. in the right list. That's right. They have to recognize the other three. But yeah. that's the thing. Are they calling it Blade 4, or are they right now just saying it's the fourth Blade movie? It says... So... Yeah, it was. It says they're Blade 4. But, but it could be just could, what they're well, calling yeah. it for now. With the age of the Marvel movie, you could actually, because of the way, where the Marvel Cinematic Universe starts with Iron Man, yeah. you could actually put that those three were in the same universe. They just happened before everything else that's been happening now. That's true. So see, it wouldn't have been And I mean, nothing that's stuff. in it affected anything, exactly. any of the other stories. And, and I've said, I mean, I, I've said for the longest time that is because of the success of Blade, to me, that was the kickoff of the uh, successful comic book movie in general in modern times. Yeah, there were there were other movies before it, but Blade was the big one that really hit. And then from, from, from that point on, you know, because I mean, you had little blips. Like, yeah. really, like, the, the Batman series was a blip. And there were a couple movies there that was blips. But to have it establish an actual genre and then move forward from there. Well, the interesting thing was Blade, yeah. when it hit, it, yeah, it was a superhero movie, but that was also a vampire movie. Yeah. Yes. That's what, I think that's, for the general population, being a vampire movie is what brought people to it. Well, yeah. see, I wasn't, I wasn't really even familiar with Blade as a Marvel character. I well, and, that, and that's why it worked, because yeah. people weren't familiar with mm-hmm. the character, and they weren't looking for that in right. the movie. Because the Blade movie, Blade in the movie, is completely different from the way he is in the, uh, in the D- Dracula series in the 70s books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Completely different character. As a matter of fact, he's actually British mm-hmm. in the in the comic. Okay, yeah. but if you think about it, that's what yeah. worked for Marvel. Yeah, they went with a lesser known character, and Iron Man was nowhere near as popular when his no. movie came out. No, people really, didn't know a yeah. lot about him. Oh, that's why. Yeah, when Iron Man first came out, everyone was looking at it as the, what are they? They thought for Marvel's going to start with a stumble. Yeah, exactly. Because Iron Man is a, at that point was a B or almost a C list character. Mm-hmm. Well, now see the, to be now, now for, for the, to the non comic fans. Exactly. You no, know, that's what was, I mean though. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole point. Yeah. They didn't have to worry about mainstream people coming in expecting something in particular. Right. Yeah. No, no. The mainstream people who just had a passing glance at comic books knew Spider Man, Captain America. They may have heard of the Avengers. Yeah. And X Men. Right. Yeah. But the, what the reason that is is. Um, through the 80s and into the 90s, the people, the mainstream people that didn't read comic books knew Marvel Comics from TV. Right. Yes. And the cartoons, you had X-Men, Spider-Man, Captain America once in a while. Right. And that's about it. I Fantastic mean, Four. Fantastic Four yeah. was there. But if you did, if, if they didn't have a comic or a cartoon, they weren't mm-hmm. A-list characters. Yeah, no, exactly. That were. worked for them. And then so to, uh, to, to, to hear this, now mind you... There was no hint of this at all. I mean, that just came up, and I was just like, wow. Well, the other thing you know, is, though, so. it, they Marvel does talk about wanting to do movies. like Because they still... Kevin Feige, he's even said they still have Black Widow on the list. Like, that's yeah. the one they really want to do, too. So well, that's because they've really kind of not like, announced Phase 4. Exactly. What they're calling Phase 4. Anything, exactly. They've, they've not announced their, anything after um, Avengers. They've had their phases. They've had those movies. And in, in the next year or so, we'll get yeah, the next yeah. phase. Because Avengers, they're giving um, you the first Avengers movie comes out, or the first of the next two Avengers comes out next spring, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, have they even announced the actual name for that one yet? That is Infinity War, I believe. Infinity is it War, Infinity yeah. War? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, are, are, is the second one going to actually be a continuation of that one, but not part two? I believe so. Like, they're not, yeah, they're not doing a part one or part two. They're still planning on filming they're, it together, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. and it, it kind of depends how they approach the Infinity War one 
as it is because they're going to have so many characters in it. That's what I'm thinking. Is like you can't do that in one movie with the yeah. amount of what they're talking about. Because I mean, with even this. Guardians is coming into it mm-hmm. because they're in the cosmos. So, and all the characters they've had so mm-hmm. far really are coming into it. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and it looks, and they did announce though that because um, she's uh, this character is part of the cosmic universe that uh, uh, Captain Marvel that her movie is actually going to be an origin story. Yeah. Which, they're changing her origin a bit, though. But right. it is going to be an origin story. And she is being introduced, as we said Marvel tends to do in the cartoon universe. Mm-hmm. She's going to be on Guardians of the Galaxy. And right. she actually does a lot with them in the comics. So it makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah, so, I, which I was, uh, I, I, you know, some people are like, well, no, the question is, well, do we really need an origin story? Can we do it just a 15-minute blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, you know, the thing is, the cosmic universe for Marvel is as deep as the magic world. You, you have can't... to know, with Captain Marvel, because of the type of power she has and yeah. being in space, you have to know where they came from. Yes. You really do. You yeah, can't you just can't. throw her out there. No, it's yeah. just like with Doctor Strange, you can't do just a 15 blah, blah, blah. Which is Dr. why they never yeah. put her in one of the um, end credit clips. Which I'm glad they did Because didn't. they wanted to give her yeah. fair time to do an origin. I'm glad they didn't because those, that's one of those things like you think, there are so many things that you think, well, this will be cool to see. But the thing is, the downstream effects of something like that... Yeah, you want real screen time. Right. Well, before we get into it, we got a major topic we're going to be talking about. um, We have a couple guests that are going to be in here with us, helping us with this. Yes. But um, we're going to... There was another cosmic thing. You guys were talking about cosmic. Well, I got some more space news that came out. Uh And everybody in the world should have seen this already. The... Second and final trailer for Star Wars Rogue One dropped this week. <laughs> yep. That's right. And it, 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 for me, the first one made it like, okay, because everybody was talking about with the reshoots and the, all these problems. The first one I, we saw was, okay, this is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This second one, for me, my opinion was, this is, de- and I it made it even, anticipated even more that, yes, this is definitely Star Wars, but it does feel different. Mm-hmm. It you it is grittier. It's showing a lot darker tones and stuff, but it still feels Star Wars. I felt like this trailer crammed a lot into it. Oh yeah, there was so like the the first trailer. It was giving you the taste and more of a tease and a little bit of the plot and you know showed the Darth Vader thing going on. Uh, and this one just crammed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Into a trailer. Well, the nice thing is they did. This is the way I think they should do a trailer. Mm-hmm. They crammed all this stuff into two and a half minutes, and you still have no idea of what's happening. Mm. True. <laughs> You see a lot of things. You hear some dialogue, but they didn't give away anything really. Right. Anything that we didn't already know. Right. And this it's good. This is a perfect way to do a trailer, in my opinion. It's good that they said this is the second and final trailer. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't come out till December. Well, there's going to be TV spots and stuff, but well, this yeah, is the first the only real, official trailer. Yeah. So the TV spots, we might get another 15, 20 seconds worth of new material. Yeah. It'll be a little flash of something here or there. But um, the one thing I got on this that I thought was fantastic was... Um, the sense of scale. Mm-hmm. If the Empire builds anything, it is ginormously huge. Yeah. Right. And the, you see when you're sitting there, the sense of scale, how big everything the Empire builds compared to the, the Rebellion and just the general population of the planet and their buildings and stuff for normal scale. Because they, um, they do the one shot where they show um, a close-up almost of the star, star Destroyer over top of the um, buildings. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you're looking up from your in these buildings and all you see is the shuttle bay and that's it. Because it's just, it, it, it's <laughs> you can't hard to get your mind else. around it. <laughs> because and of, I, I do have to mention, we just had a ghost walk into the room. How do you know? Yeah. 
Well, it's white <laughs> with the white. It got cold. So, what'd you think of it, Kylan? I, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm already there. You know, so I don't think there's a question about that. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it was uh, the, the, the best thing I think about this trailer is it, before we get into that. Yeah. was um, Dawn doesn't like Star Wars. No, and she's talking that she she's looking forward. Well, to Well, I don't movie. dislike Star Wars. I'm just not a big fan of Star Wars. Mm. That's all. There's a difference. But they're doing something right because you're pulling Dawn into this. Yeah, I'm, well. I'm gonna see it. It's not no. like I'm not gonna see the thing. It, it's, <laughs> I I, no. I I was just like wow, you know, and it's like you said, like the sheer scale of. Of like what of what the the imperial uh, constructs uh, compared to like what you're seeing on the rest of the planet and all these characters and it's like it's just and I'm like but you had but you had the both aspects of what this movie's going to be you had the in space part and then you had the on the ground battle part yeah mm-hmm. this is going to be like it's much more of a war movie it than is all the on the ground stuff and I'm I I am so excited to. See this mission play out. Uh, that, that's the thing I'm so excited about because we played this mission in our, in our heads before. You know, because you know from the very beginning of episode four that somebody stole these plans. Well, we yeah. know somebody had to steal well, the plans. Well, says in the opening from, crawl. Right. So we, and we played this mission before in our heads, but now we actually get the official story. And I'm just jazzed about that, you know, and 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 and, and I and I do have to say that we also get to see how the Empire has no problem wasting money on huge constructs as opposed to giving money well, remember, to the people. They make the money. They is, can spend what they want. This is the Galactic Empire. That doesn't matter. It's uh, the it's it's the side that you, you should really follow. Like, you no, really know they have great business plans. No, if you no, want, no, no the empire, if you want to get if you want to get a sense of scale, if they got three credits from every planet in the Empire, they could build ten Death Stars. You know see? what? See, see the Empire should should be serving the people. The people should not be serving the they empire. They serve the people in the way they see. Now fit. you're just poking Greg. Yeah. <laughs> you're just poking I'm, Greg I'm, now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that you know what we have here. The empire does what's right for the people. The empire that's does the what's right for themselves. See, Greg, and that's the reason why. Do what's right for the people. That's the reason why. If you put your foot on the people, on the neck of the people, long enough, they will rise up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now remember, remember this this movie. Um, it's before a certain movie called Empire Strikes Back. And you know what? Yeah, you know what? The Empire, even when they did, it was just like a quit it. That's what it was. <laughs> People like when they talk about Empire Strikes Back, it was a quit it. That's what exactly what it was. It wasn't just like a. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What was that again? Oh! <laughs> it was. See, you, just, you just blew out everyone's ears. Who's going to listen to this on headphones? Mike, we should have had you set up your camera. You got to get video of that. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of that, um, we actually, um, well, okay, so speaking of that, we're actually, um, I just mentioned Mike take a video, um, we're actually going to be joined now by Mike McFarlane and, um, our buddy Greg Dunn, 
And we're going to actually talk some Shin Godzilla. Now, yeah. well, some people may not have known this, but there is a new Japanese Toho-made Godzilla movie. First mm-hmm. one it came in, out this week. The first, first one, one in 12, ten, year. 12 years? Since uh, 2004. Yeah, since 2000. That, I love that one. That was, it, But this was a totally different movie. And? Now, it, and? What? It was the 31st in the franchise. 31st movie. See, she's been looking up the um, all the stats. The 31st Godzilla movie. Lo- it's the probably, it is, well, I can tell you right now, because this is the longest running film franchise probably in the world. Hmm. you got to think about this. I mean, what else? They, that we, unless there's something from another country that's 54. not been transferred. 54. I know it was there might be something in India or in China that never got brought over. <clears throat> but as far as I know, in America, the closest thing that can come to it is... Um, Abbott and Costello? No, no, no. <laughs> the closest thing you get to it is... Three um, Stooges? James Bond. No. No, no, no. no. Three, how many Three Stooges movies were there? Not shorts. Movies. And over what period of time were they running? Right, yeah. you got to think the same thing. Abbott and Costello. How many actual movies did Abbott and Costello James do? Bond, you I know what? Oh, oh, James, James Bond has, what, 25? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's since 62 is James yeah. Bond. Mm-hmm. So... It, They've got like 24 or 25 films from James Bond, and they're actually getting ready to start on the next one. They're, start, they're in pre-production and figuring out what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. But Godzilla is the longest running, and if I remember right, every Godzilla movie has been released in America, wasn't it? Not in theaters, every, all of them, but they were all available here. Right. Obviously, mm-hmm. the cheesy dubs, which we've all right. grown exactly. up. Right, which right. I, I have a special affection for the cheesy dubbed yeah. version of it. Yeah. Like, I, I grew up on Godzilla movies, so... <laughs> Unless Godzilla um, can talk, it's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly what I meant. <laughs> well, this one actually got a theatrical release, a very, very limited theatrical mm-hmm. release here in America, which actually did very well. Do you have any idea, Vicky, while we're at this, look up how many theaters in America actually were running Godzilla? Um, just under 500. Just under, okay, so just under 500 theaters. It pulled. You, she just looked um, up. Go ahead. As of, as of, well, I guess yesterday, um, just in the theatrical release in America, it was $1.1 million. That is phenomenal for 500 theaters. For a, for a subtitled film in 500 theaters, yeah. that's that's some good numbers right there. I know that most theaters were adding showings. Yeah. Mm. The well, the, the ones cool. that we went to were sold out. Like, well, yeah. there, there were no mm-hmm. spots left in them. Oh, so. and, well, off of the topic yeah. guys over just a minute from that theater, this was the greatest theatrical experience I've ever had. <laughs> oh, and, and, and they actually wait, had wait, wait, wait. powered leather recliners and, that you're watching the movie in. And you had the, the little Japanese guy beside me cracking uh. up half the time. <laughs> which, which meant that the, the movie was doing its job without the subtitles. Exactly. Yeah, like in the original language. So, no, um, one it was of, the chairs. <laughs> he was going crazy over the chairs. The little Japanese guy beside me was cracking up with, with your reaction with the chairs. It was great. <laughs> I mean, you so it wasn't down, the film. It, it, was, yeah. it was just Ken. You sit back. <laughs> there, there were wide seats. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So yeah. people with the wide hips could be comfortable. <laughs> no, how many times you go into a theater and you're just, and, and it's a sold out show? You're rubbing elbows with people you don't know, and it's just not comfortable. So people like Ken with those childbearing hips. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, I can't say much. My short legs were dangling like normal. Yeah, Vicky's feet were still dangling, but once you kick the you're, um, yeah, you got, you're not dangling anymore. Yeah, you got the little I mean, you sit back, relax. The there were tiered seating, so you're not kicking before. the person in front of you. This was amazing. So it's the perfect uh, Godzilla viewing experience. <laughs> it was it was great. No, yeah. it was great. I was I was even in the back corner of the theater because those were the only tickets that were left because it's reserved seating, and it was still a phenomenal experience. So oh, yeah. even, even the like furthest back, furthest corner of the theater, it was still great. So. Awesome. So um, well. That's uh, where we want to start here. Greg, what was your overall impression of the movie itself? Um, I thought the movie was actually, it was really good. I wasn't, I wasn't too sure how well a 
like a political thriller was going to. Did you know? Because well, you had read all the because that's, I knew that's that what it, was it a is. Really, satire mm-hmm. uh, of Japanese bureaucracy. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd read like loads of once the um, reviews had come in um, from the American reviews, and most of them were it was generally positive, um, and they got it because it's it's weird because how can you make you know, bureaucracy exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow Godzilla managed to do that. But I think it's because in their unique Japanese way of looking at something, mm-hmm. they've made something that maps to all bureaucracies in all cultures. And I thought I thought the editing did a really good job of, like, managing to cram in all of the different steps and the different levels of bureaucracy that were in there with all of the quick cuts. And, like, you know, you it took, it took a little while to get used to the flow of the film, especially with subtitles, because there were so many quick cuts and with every one of those cuts there was a different like name of one of the ministries or one of the officials or all of that yeah and, i had to kind of ignore that because uh, i'm trying to keep up on the subtitles right. and you you realize so. very quickly that like all of the stuff that's at the top of the screen is mostly just highlighting how many levels of bureaucracy there are so you don't really need to pay attention to that it's the dialogue at the bottom of the screen that you actually need to pay attention to but i thought that the uh, the editing did a great job of just showing the density and the number of different levels of red tape that had to be cut through for anything to happen, yeah, um, and just the paralyzing nature of that kind of bureaucracy. So, um, because yeah, you have Godzilla or the cute Godzilla esque creature wandering through the city, just like mm-hmm. he's taking a stroll, mm-hmm. and they're paralyzed. They cannot do, they can't do anything. They can't decide any type of response, and they're so scared of hurting anyone in the public or being looked upon as inept that they end up mm-hmm. becoming inept. Yep, and yeah, exactly. Godzilla just does what he's going to do. Yeah. Well, the, the, what you're saying is that, that when I, I, lo- I love the Godzilla part of it, mm-hmm. but um, the, the political part of that, when I saw it, the great thing I thought was the fact that we're seeing, usually we're used to in America, seeing the American view of someone else's view of their political system. This was actually straight up, this was Japanese in the way they look at the way their country is being run. And the world. And, and the, the way the they look the at the relationship exactly. with America. Yep. Exactly. That was the next and one. Germany, was, I loved the, the way they portrayed America from their point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's still, now, for years people have made fun of the fact that everybody sees, mm-hmm. oh, the, um, the Americas with their cowboy diplomacy and all this stuff. And in this movie, it still showed that they're looking at it as we're big cowboys. Yep. That's, Including that's kind the of American a... ambassador sitting there with a Texas accent. <laughs> <laughs> Although one one of the Americans, uh, I'm pretty sure, was played by a Canadian based on, on his voice. <laughs> like the accent was very very Canadian. Like I'm not sure that guy's they, actually. They an may American not be actor. able to tell. <laughs> and, and I bet you. Just, and I'm hey, gonna, hey, just I'm like, I'm out there. Godzilla <laughs> probably didn't care. Hey, one actor hey, was playing. We all look alike. To Godzilla them. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But beyond the, but beyond like Glad the, the bureaucracy, <laughs> the paralyzing bureaucracy of it, yep. um, this uh, version of Godzilla, once he evolves into whatever stage he involved, it was actually pretty terrifying to see because now we're dealing with a Godzilla that almost harkens back exactly to the 1954. Mm-hmm. It's just a brute force. There's mm-hmm. there's no like. It doesn't try to make it intelligent, or there's no mentality to it. It's doing what it's doing on instinct. Yep. And um, but it just happens to be a city in the way. Exactly. And so with that, it's the, the terrifying aspect is you have a bureaucracy that wants to reason with everything because they're trying to reason everything out mm-hmm. in steps and stages, mm-hmm. and then you just have this force of nature. 
and and so I don't I don't know exactly like I, I haven't read into the the background of you know what the the screenwriter's intention was, but to me it feels like there's no way this can't be at least a little bit of a reaction to the Japanese government's response to the Fukushima meltdown. It was like it's it was you know watching inspired. and I was like I'm pretty sure I know yeah. what this is a commentary on, and it's in a very similar way like the Godzilla films have always treated the monster or you know once Godzilla became the good guy in like the 70s um, has treated his enemies as representations of like the greatest issue of the time so in the right. 70s you had um, you know Godzilla versus the smog monster was what it was called here in the states when I was growing <laughs> up um, and you know that was a representation of pollution which was the big concern now we've again had you know a nuclear problem in uh, in Japan with the meltdown and this is the government response to it is what they're they're dealing with and, and satirizing here. So I thought it was really fitting with the history of the Godzilla movies to have again that kind of you know socio political commentary on what's been happening in the world, especially from a Japanese perspective and dealing with that in a Godzilla movie. So I really enjoyed that. So it made it very poignant. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about the, the monster himself. This was the largest Godzilla they've ever for scale. The the what House of All Gods was supposed to be. This was the largest Godzilla they've ever put in a movie. By leaps and bounds, wasn't it? At the, least Toho has ever put in a yeah, movie. Yeah, the Godzilla's ever put because yeah. um they supposedly the Godzilla in this one's probably what eight hundred feet tall or something like that? It was Actually, something like that. I saw a scale diagram of it at some point. I was going to say, because I remember the uh, the cartoon was rising from the depths 30 stories tall, which would put him yeah. at, uh, you, oh, know, yeah. you know, that's that's, but, uh, um, that's a little bit shorter than this guy was. Yeah. Well, most of the Godzillas, if I remember right, you, Greg's probably going to look it up and find the info of Greg Vigor looking, but um, most of the Godzillas, they're one to 300 feet. Mm-hmm. This one here had to been between five and 800 feet, because the skyscrapers were getting knocked over by Godzilla. Right. <laughs> So now, that as everybody true. Googles yeah. for it, but, um, <laughs> it's interesting because the guy, well, anybody who hasn't seen it, Godzilla in this one actually um, mutates as the movie goes. Yes. You see it, and when I first saw it, I didn't realize no he was going to do that. So when I first saw the Godzilla, you see the bulge in the water and the spikes coming out of the bulge, which you expect, and then you see this, and um, you can tell this one was actually done with puppetry because it reminded me actually of one of, um, you know the really cheap marionettes that they make in the crocheted mm-hmm. with the head hang- dangling out on a string and that's what it felt like <laughs> and it was like a lungfish looking thing in the head right with like no eyelids back. like wide eyes yeah big googly eyes on it <laughs> yeah. and it had these giant gills spewing mucus all yep. over everywhere as it's going through the um, water and um, it, when it pops its head up I was like oh well maybe this is what Godzilla's gonna fight mm-hmm I didn't. Re- I didn't right know going into this. I really didn't know anything about it except for his new Godzilla. Right. So I didn't know it was an origin for Godzilla. And then they show um, after they attack him once, he um, builds a power and starts mutating. Mm-hmm. And he mutates down, and at, by the time you get to the end, you actually see Godzilla. Yep. So um, and the only thing that bothered me was actually something that bothered Andy too. Was the eyes are just to, anytime you get to actually look at the eyes, even when he's in his final mutation. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just they look weird. It looks like googly eyes. Well, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like a haunting. Yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're supposed to see that there's nothing really there to reason with. Right. It's not. It's yeah. not an yeah. intelligent being. It's just sort of yeah. more of that it's that lower creature, just a giant version yeah. of uh, lower intelligence that's and, just uh, doing things it, instinctually, as we said before. And its abilities. Uh, so they've added some new abilities this time. <laughs> the pinpoint which, lasers? Yes. If you would say it, pinpoint lasers out of its back. Right. 
it just sounds stupid. Right. But when you watch it in the context of the movie, it makes perfect sense and turns it into an even larger threat than it already was. Right. Absolutely. Um, the way that it introduces um, Godzilla's breath in this one, going from fire to, like, white, hot fire to, mm-hmm. like, an almost invisible flame because it's so hot, yeah. then almost to a pinpoint, like, like a white laser, laser yep. is, is fantastic because you can actually see, like, almost in the real science of it, mm-hmm. the yeah. progression. And then you're thinking, you know, they talk about the nuclear um, reactor or whatever. That's yeah, that it's essentially Godzilla is powered by a nuclear reactor yeah. inside his body in so, this one. Yeah. With with that, and they're talking about the radiation levels, etc. It does. It all harkens back to the mm-hmm. to the um, Fukushima uh, disaster, yeah, exactly. And then um, with that, the amount of energy that it would take to power Godzilla makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, absolutely. Why, why he was running back I mean, into I'm just thinking ocean. about this. Like, if we're looking at this in a real world sense, mm-hmm. there has to. I mean. So you're saying that the because I didn't get to see the movie, but so the the Japanese government is so tied to their bureaucracy mm-hmm. that you have this thing that is what you no know, eight hundred uh, eight hundred feet of yeah what is it a hundred meters see, yeah if you look if you look at the rest of the political too when it came to them looking at us. We'll help you, but you have to give us something else. Right. The yep. Germans were like, and "I'm not going to help you," and then the girls, the, the woman was like, "We're going to help them." So one one of the things for me that was was, was like, most um, you know poignant about the story was this this idea that once they brought in um, you know international forces and there was you know the UN and the US were involved in it with they, it. they were talking about the, well the the Japanese started losing control of the situation, but also the contingency plan. Actually, the primary plan, what what succeeded was the spoilers. Um, what succeeded was the contingency plan, um, but the primary plan was to nuke Tokyo. And there was this uh, this really you know scene that that was really you know kind of heart wrenching of like we can't have a third bomb here. We have to stop this. So yeah. you know the idea we will that, not allow them to. And it wasn't their choice. Right. They said exactly. if this, if you don't stop Godzilla by this point, they mm-hmm. told him um, what fourteen days ahead of time. Yep. Because Godzilla had powered down because he'd used all his, and it was rebuilding, mm-hmm. rebuilding his energy reserves. That um, in 14 days, they'd estimated he'd be back up to full power and he'd start rampaging again. So it's like, you have until this time to evacuate, get everybody as far away as you can because we're going to nuke Tokyo. Mm-hmm. We're going to take, that's the only way we're going to stop Godzilla. Yep. But don't they, don't they realize that, in, I mean, just by <laughs> principle, in principle, it seems like if you're going to nuke a creature, that feeds off of nuclear energy. I mean, I, I don't so, think so that if, you the, drop, if you drop a nuclear yeah. bomb onto a nuclear power plant, the power plant's still getting blown up. So right, I think okay. you know, yeah. it's it's he's powered by nuclear energy, but it's not necessarily that he feeds on radiation. Mm-hmm. He is the producer, not the absorber. Yeah. They would have ODMs so. overloading basically. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I mean, so there's still this. 800 feet of id is coming at you, <laughs> and you're tied to New your... New band name, 800 feet of id. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're sitting there tied to your bureaucracy, like, well, well we gotta do something, you wanna, but you... You wanna know, the, the way I described it that actually seems best is, um, you get a room, like we have our table here, mm-hmm. that the Prime Minister and his cabinet is around it. Right. You got 27 other people in the room, okay, so the next, set, next table over here 
has maybe the generals and the chiefs of staff mm-hmm. that are just below the cabinet. Right. Then you got another set, another table setting here with another seven or eight people that are their advisors. Uh-huh. And then you got the, um, another table with their advisors. These are all in the same room, and it's the size of smaller than this room we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in order for someone at the bottom table to talk to the prime minister, who's ten feet away from him, he has to send it. To the guy he's advising to. Mm-hmm. Then that guy has to ask the question to the guy he's advising at the next table. And then he's got to ask it to one of the guys at the head table. And then that guy can ask the prime minister. So even in the same room, it's like there's this game of telephone of like yeah. communicating it and up and down. the prime minister has heard this the entire yeah. time. Like he, can, he can hear the initial request, but it but, has to go up the chain to think, go back to the I actual person. I think part of that can, is respect. Is, it, yeah, part of it I think goes into um, the history of Japan. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and respect. the thing and how much um, it, everything's respect, and you have to show respect up the chain as you go. And, mm-hmm. and into the, into the, their martial arts are very similar to the same thing. You know this from martial arts. Yeah, that, um, you don't work directly for the grandmaster. No, you're going to deal with the guy here, and he's going to deal with the next guy up until. But you know the entire yeah. thing. The entire thing is intended to be again a satire yeah. of the political system. So, right. so I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure it's exaggerated bad. from how it actually is. But yeah. you know, but that's know. the way. That's partially the way it's viewed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like watching your own doom, but in a bureaucracy setting. As <laughs> as the creature gets closer to you, but you can't like break the politeness yep. cycle exactly. in order to get anything done. So you're just like, yeah, it's slowly getting there. But hopefully, we have enough time to come to a decision on how to fight it before. It. Yeah. Well, the, the other one that was funny you mentioning that is um, at one point he is about Godzilla is what probably a mile away from where the government is sitting in that building, and his path is going right at that building, and they're having to go through the bureaucracy just to decide to evacuate the prime minister. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. he didn't want to, and he didn't uh, want to go, but it was still there was 70, 17 people that had made the decision to ask the prime minister to leave. And so, in hindsight, <laughs> it might have been better for him just to have stayed. So, yeah, there's also the, the, wow. the like you know the crack team of the outsiders and all that. And I like the my one of my favorite lines of dialogue is you know pains in the bureaucracy was how they described yeah. the team of scientists and all that like all of the the misfits and the outcasts you know oh pains God. in the bureaucracy. Yeah, <laughs> but and, and then uh, it was great because when they do put their team together, that's trying to figure this out. The guy who's in charge of it, because the, a team like this would work the same way with the bureaucracy, but you have to mm-hmm. work through the levels. But he, first thing he do is he gets, he gets everybody together. Okay, we're going to have one quick meeting. Bureaucracy doesn't exist. If you got an idea, you yell it out to whoever. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. We're all equal in this room. Yep. Well, that, and all of a sudden, stuff started happening. Well, yep. and the, the, the oh, world of the biologist, how they kind of like didn't want to listen to her, but she was right all along. Yep. All the three guys, you know, that were experts and everything, and they're just sitting. You know, you had like three levels excited, kind mm-hmm. of, and then only got the other one. I don't believe it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get her, and she's like, this is what it is, and she was right all along. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. I'm um, going back just a touch to um, did what we were talking about, the size of Godzilla for this movie. Now... It, for scale, the, I, I brought up a picture I showed you guys here. That um, Godzilla, the original Godzilla from 1954, they estimated about 50 meters. That's 150 feet in general for us. I mean, it's a little off from that. Um, then it's gone up and down from size to, um, through the years. But this one, from that 50 meter original Godzilla, it's between 120 and 150 meters tall. So that's what three, 450, almost 500 feet tall. Yep. That's a big boy. That, yeah, that's a big lizard. That that he needs the you know the extra uh, hip room in his uh, his <laughs> seats right. at the theater. <laughs> he might have actually yeah. been comfy in those seats. <laughs> He'd be reclining. I can take the you know, <laughs> Power Rangers, man. Jeez, <laughs> they did that. That was Final Wars. Yeah. That was Final Wars. It was Godzilla with the Power Rangers in it. 
That's it. Once you see the movie, you'll understand. That movie, that Final Wars, I thought, because it was... They planned it to be the last Toho movie, weren't they? The yeah, because well, for a while, like, yeah, to rest it. Yeah, Which to let it rest for a while. Well, there was still but, uh, left. They had put all almost, what, probably 75% of all the monsters they had ever created were in that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, no, my favorite, I'm going to bring up, my favorite is when one bap and the American Godzilla was dead. Yeah, the American mm-hmm. Godzilla from yep. the Sony Pictures movie. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what they was in there. They call him Zilla. He was called Zilla. And Godzilla kind of turns around, tail whips him, hits him with atomic breath, and moves on. No, no, he just hit him with the tail and he was dead. Or whack. Oh, that was it. <laughs> I have that one on DVD. You got to see that. That, that, shows, that shows how much they respected the American okay. version. So back to the new one. Um, it was. A, I thought it was, was kind of best. a unique way of way they, way they actually took out Godzilla in this one too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. They had, um, and this movie seemed like there was almost more science behind it than any other Godzilla movie we've ever seen. Because Godzilla them. movies were they're for adults, but they're basically a kids' movie still. In general. Once, once you get into the like seventies and all that, yeah. yes, yeah. like you know, the original one very much not. Um, but <laughs> this one, if you can, if you can accept that there's a giant mutated atomic lizard mm-hmm. rampaging through the city, there's actually some science in this one. Mm-hmm. So well, you have to make Godzilla as realistic as possible if you're going to be showing. The realistic bureaucracy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It, I think happens. I think if it had been like completely in. cartoony and just looked like a dude in a rubber yeah. suit jumping around, mm-hmm. then it would have yeah. taken away from what the the point of the film was, which was this paralyzing bureaucracy that yeah. that they're criticizing. In, in Act One, uh, the uh, Godzilla does most everything in this movie, and then in Act Two, it's um, it's the uh, like the the nerd group. Right. Who gets everything done? But the the government itself never really does anything. It's adept all the way through. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. The, the government yeah, is so never yeah. never manages to yes. break through the gridlock. It's the outsiders that, that right. succeed. So, and and so again, it's the Godzilla spoilers, action movie, and then it's the um, you know nerds action movie. Right. And <laughs> all, all layered on top of this like incompetent bureaucracy right. that's just like spinning in circles and doing nothing. I don't know. Do you do spoilers on here? Like yeah, give away yeah. the end. Yeah, okay. the, so this is Godzilla. Everybody knows that Godzilla loses in the end officially. Well, oh, yeah. these type of kind of. So at the end, you get you get the basically the. The solution that is less nuclear <laughs> yep. um, is that they freeze Godzilla. Yep, using uh, blood coagulants yes. that, uh, mm. that essentially slows metabolism such that he, he freezes. Yeah. And so now there's a giant Godzilla statue in downtown Tokyo yes. yeah, that we'll nice, be rebuilding nice. around, which will be interesting. Well, how many helicopters going to take to pick him up and take him to the well, Antarctic? I think so like he's, frozen. he's frozen, but yeah. they said that he, I mean, he's not dead. Right. Yeah. He's, the, he'll eventually work through... Right. All of that. And that's, you know, so they basically set up the sequel as you have this giant frozen Godzilla in the middle of Tokyo. Do you try to remove him? Do you just try to keep him, like, you know, incapacitated and contained while you rebuild the city around him? So there's there's plenty of room for sequels right here. Because they have the nuclear option. Mm -hmm. They said that when he starts his first sign of movement, Mm -hmm. that clock... Yep. Starts again. Yeah, the countdown clock, they were, what, 45 minutes away from the actual yeah. drop it's when like, this happened. And they said so they it hasn't it was paused the clock. Yep. Yeah, it's paused, right? Yep. So, so they, they're just hot to, to nuke Tokyo one more time, right? Well, one more but, again, y'all! But they, <laughs> then there's the last scene, which shows Godzilla's tail and what's happening. Because his tail has... Uh, Laser yeah, it's got a, a laser that shoots out yeah. the end of it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's coming out both it, ends. It like does the close-up of his tail to show, um, to show like what what's actually happening with Godzilla as mm-hmm. well. So you get 
twofold of a frozen Godzilla that can reawake, and then what's happening with his tail. Well, and yep. other, yeah, that's got me kind of creeped out. Yeah, so it is pretty creepy. <laughs> well, they, let him know. We've already spoiled the whole thing. No one's going to be able to see this probably for a year until they finally could put this out anyway. But um, it's kind of the tail. It's got a bunch of little Godzillas that were riding the tail. That are all frozen also. So it looks like the reproduction for Godzilla is that they just morph off the tail. They and, sort of, it's and, a budding Yeah, it's like uh, a bud. Thing. Yeah. That once it releases them, it's like he's releasing the seeds. Yep. yep. So. And, and I know that sounds weird. You know what it is. It, it's just like, <laughs> but in context, it's, like it's awesome. It's the way the Mogwai does. You get them wet and all these little pops fly off. Well, that's what's happening with Godzilla. It's, so. The tail's budding, getting ready to pop. And that's what it is. They force-fed him and then it was ready to, to produce. So, just uh, one little aside. Um, is uh, The soundtrack to this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Because they the new music that they have is very haunting and fits... Mm-hmm. Really well with this version of Godzilla. Did they, they use some of the original? They, yeah, they, they loads of the original. Yeah, that dun, okay. dun, 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 all over yeah, the place. Dun, dun, and like when they used theme. it, it was yep. perfect. And the filming angles. Every way yeah, it, so, it, it melded together really, really well. I was glad that they kept that. You know, that original. That's what I thought. I thought I was too iconic. Not Vicky in the middle. I was like, that sounds like the original Godzilla music. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was stuff they pulled from the fifties. Mm-hmm. And some of the video, the way they were, they did some of the <laughs> angles the and stuff. Well, <laughs> the seventies. But I mean, it's 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 the one of the last versions that used actually away. sounded like a really old recording, though. That like it had yeah. that like crackly um, ver- uh, sound to it. So when, they might have actually the, used a little bit of the uh, the original recording of that at some point. Well, because when he's in his, uh, I don't whatever form number they're giving it when he's actually walking. Mm-hmm. But and, still uh, has, doing, like, itty-bitty, yeah. like, T-Rex you, arms. You're getting the original Godzilla yes. music. Yep. And exactly. then they use it throughout. But that, yep. it's a great introduction because that really shows you. And Godzilla is fantastic design, especially, like, at night when he's still glowing through his skin. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the blue light that yep. he gives off, you know, pat, when he's past the, the red. So when he's, mm-hmm. like, the white hot and you get that blue, it, it works all the way across. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, they just uh, actually showed the the action figure, the really nice one that they've made of it, and it looks fantastic. Oh, great. Have you pre-ordered I yours? Uh, I have that. not pre-ordered it, but uh, <laughs> I think it's the size of Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, um, that's a big boy. You're talking about <laughs> you're talking about the guy with the hips. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about the um, guy in the rubber suit, and this actually was a return to. There was a guy in a rubber suit that they filmed as Godzilla for many of these parts, mm-hmm. and um, but it just doesn't. This look was the first as time that Godzilla. Well, <laughs> this one here was the first time they used CG the right way, and it actually melded, and it, it was none of it actually. Because Godzilla, the rubber suit takes you out of it, but that's the way Godzilla's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, and this one, you got the same actor in a suit using the same techniques, but the way the um, film technology has come up to where it, it blends seamlessly. They've got parts where um, they show the kid, they go up to a building and look up as the tail is just swinging over the top of the building. And it looks like it's supposed to be there. And the effects in this, it's weird to say this for a Godzilla movie from Japan, but the effects in this were amazing. They were, they were very yeah, good. Yeah, I, I thought they did exactly what they needed to as far as the visuals go. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the film. So, um, actually, we're coming close to the end of our time on this. Um, so, the, before we wrap up, though, was there anything else that we haven't covered that you guys were um, impressed with or you thought was fantastic or you thought, eh, it could have been a little bit better? Or everything we, so far, we all love this movie. Yeah, I, I, I honestly what, don't have that many criticisms. Um, I, so, 
I, I'm really conflicted about whether or not I'd like to see a dubbed version of the film. Uh, I almost want to just to see what they do, how they change the dub a little bit, or if, if the American screen because the, the dubs are done by American usually. Right, right. So, are, is the American writers going to change some of the political stuff to change the story? Right. So, I would be interested to see what a dubbed version of this would be like. Which, again, I grew up on the dubbed versions mm-hmm. of Godzilla movies, so there's there's a certain soft spot in my heart for that specific uh, type of Godzilla experience. So, um, I kind of hope that they'll do a dubbed version. Uh, my of it, understanding is uh, the Blu-ray will have both a subtitle and a excellent. Version, oh, so, so nice. whenever that actually comes yes. out, I'll, uh, I'll have to grab that. Yep. We'll do a viewing party and see what the differences were. Excellent. <laughs> I'll be there. So, Greg, what, what do you have as closing thoughts on Shin Godzilla? Um, I'll give it uh, four out of five Kylans. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that everyone should go see it. What? Which, it's in the theater for another... Two days. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so by the time it's out, it's out of the theaters already. Oh, no. But, oh, um, wow. It's still... For... For a Japanese movie, like you were saying, in um, in Japanese with subtitles, and there's like three different sets of subtitles on the bottom of this. This is like if you um, see one of the movies that that supposedly um, is happening in Korea or Japan, and they show them at a movie theater, and they show like six different sets of subtitles underneath it. That's what this felt like, which was great. I especially love that they they had English subtitles for the dialogue that was spoken in English. Yes, that they actually had well, Japanese and actually, subtitles. Sometimes that yeah. helped. It did because, because the, the, you have to remind yourself, like, oh. Oh, they're actually speaking in a language I know now. Yeah. Well, that yeah, but it didn't have so much because you're still reading it, right. and then you're like, "Oh wait, I'm in English. I'm hearing this now." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the, um, that and the English had such a heavy accent on it sometimes mm-hmm. that it was yep. like, "What did they say?" Okay, that's what they said. <laughs> no, um, it, it was helpful to to have that. Yeah. Well, but, the one thing that was kind of interesting was Greg was telling me that um, Cor- our friend Corey went with you too, and you two. I understand a little bit of Japanese. You said it was interesting seeing the difference between understanding what they're saying and then looking and it's like, wait, that's not exactly what they were saying. (laughs) It was little things that would throw you off because, you know, you'd hear it and since I know, like, more basic, I don't know, like, all the fun words for missiles and whatnot. (laughs) You know, cryo-freeze. But uh, you'd, you'd hear something... And you'd read the subtitle, but then your mind would be like, "Well, I know that phrase, and that's not exactly what it was." It was. It's basically turning it into English idioms, mm-hmm. so okay. makes sense. Sometimes uh. you hear the word Washington, and they would never subtitle it, and you're like, "But I know <laughs> that they're t- talking about Washington D.C., and that's it. <laughs> well, um, so. So it's not as bad as I always fall back to the, um, especially in the '70s, but into the '80s anime that was brought over. Like Robotech and like Voltron, and the major huge differences between the Japanese version and the American TV version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so this wasn't really, that big of a difference. No, they really tried to keep. I mean, they're trying to keep the the essence mm-hmm. uh, of it because that's really ha- why it works so well. Okay, if you don't have uh, this complex political satire, and you start changing it too much for the American audience, then then you're going to lose what's the unique Japanese take on it. Yeah. And yep. that's, that's really what this movie, why it works so well. I never thought that you could make, as I said, bureaucracy interesting, fun, and exciting. And somehow <laughs> they managed to do it yeah. to the point where I left the theater and there was a showing at 10. And had I been there by myself with a car, I would have wandered right back in. And I probably would have just kicked somebody out of one of the comfy seats if it was sold out. <laughs> or shared well, with them. <laughs> well, that, that's what I was saying with um, the transfers. And um, I was asking about once we get to the dub version. Actually, I don't, I don't think they're going to change much. Because if you know modern anime, 
or even uh, Japanese monster movies and stuff, they're more and more. The American translations are as close to you can on mm-hmm. the Japanese as they were. They're not doing the changes as much as they used to. And I think they've realized that the audiences for those, that there's a strong enough audience that's interested in authentic Japanese content, but can enjoy it more when they can look at the visuals and not have to be reading at the same mm-hmm. time. So they're, you know, they're going for more of that, like translating it into you know, uh, English <laughs> idioms and figures of speech as yeah. opposed to trying to like shift it to be more appealing to an American audience. It's like, just make it easier to, uh, to actually consume. Okay. And um, before we wrap up, we got you guys. Vicky, what was your final thoughts on what Shin Godzilla? Because you grew up as a kid watching this stuff, too. I liked it. I liked the original origin story. I would like to see more and see where uh, they go with this. Because okay. there really isn't any original people from the original stuff left. Yeah. Next and generation. That, that was different. This is actually the first Toho Godzilla movie, if I remember right, Greg, you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. The first Toho Godzilla movie that wasn't made by the original people who created Godzilla. Mm-mm. Up through Final Wars, you had still some of the original people that worked on the 1950s Godzilla were still writing Godzilla. No. No, I, remember, see, I, I didn't know if you heard that. I, I, I so can't remember, that was one of the big deals. No, it was the confirmed. last one passed yeah. away right around, just after Final Wars. I'm not allowed to say <laughs> I'd have to ask my uh, my superior. Would exactly. ask I'd have superior. to go three or four. <laughs> have to go up the I'd have to go to the guy at this table. Who's going to go to the guy at the table? It's going to go to that guy at the table, and eventually we'll yeah. get an answer and he'll to you in about it back five up minutes. To you yeah, and you can give exactly. an answer. But so by the time we get the answer, we will be next the week's question. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, teachers, as we're getting ready to wrap this up from Oddball here in Toledo, um, I want to thank Greg and Mike for coming on and talking Godzilla with us. Thanks for having us. Um, it was great. Like I said, this was a great movie. As soon as it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD, we'll let you guys know. They've not announced a Blu-ray or DVD release for America yet at all. They've only said that they're going to do it. Fun, uh, fun, Funimation. Fun, Funimation is. They've said that there is going to be one, and their intent is to have the dub on. Well, but I don't think there's a release date. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, I can um, find one. If either of you, if, if any of you hear about that, and I don't, please let me know. Oh yes, so, we will talk about pre-order. pre-order in. So um, and buy a Blu-ray player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Geeksters, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, the go get Godzilla as soon as it comes out. Um, if any way you can. Um, anybody else got anything else before we wrap up today? That's all I got. Miss Dawn, did you have anything else for us? Nothing else for me. Okay. So, um, remember, you can always find us at geekwatch1.com. If you have any comments, if you if you went and saw Shin Godzilla, let us know what you thought about it. You can get a hold of us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on social media at geekwatch1. You can also send us an email at geekwatch1 at gmail.com. Um, we're also on the Tangent Bound and the Weeby Geeks Networks. Yep. And um, so for Greg and Mike and Miss Dawn and Kylan and Vicky and myself, just remember. No matter where you go... There you are. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.